0: Ready? Yep. Welcome to Ox. I'm Bianca. And I'm Hannah. And we're just two 20-something-year-olds trying to figure it out.
1: One awkward moment at a time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I wish you could see Hannah's hair because it is pop-ping, okay? Froze on fleek, side part on fleek. I don't know if yes. people say on fleek anymore, but it's on fleek. What'd you do, girl?
1: Apparently, people don't do side parts either anymore. So you're I basically heard it you old.
0: Thank you. Gen <laughs> <Those laughs> Zers will not get us. They will
1: not get us. Also, I don't know, like, I don't think that works for all curly hair textures. Because I tried to do a middle part this morning and I looked a
0: mess. I look like freaking, no offense, but like, Condoleezza rice, like it's not, yeah. Not cute.
1: I look like a freaking mushroom head. Anyway, so my hair right now, it's kind Mm -hmm. of, it's like really stretched. There's not too much definition. It's a little bit of wave here and there, but it's very soft and like just big, big vibes, right? So basically what this is, is I did a twist out on Sunday and kind of just let it get a little old throughout the week. And then today, I used my brand new CuraDo hand steamer. Yes, yes, I got it. Yeah, it's been it's been on my wish list for literally it's been on my natural hair wish list for straight up like five years at this point. Mm. So I saved up, put money away a little by little. I use this this app called Reel that lets you do that. Of course, a new of app. Of yeah. And yeah, I, I steamed section by section and. It's really weird you would never think a steamer can stretch your hair but like this one does it's like a moisturized
0: blowout pretty much i always see them and i'm like what is this thing actually doing so that's also i'm poor but like financially constrained i mean but (laughs) (laughs) i don't have one but it looks wonderful thank you i think that's an awesome segue into what we're talking about today we're talking about hair yes
1: black hair to be specific
0: yeah, I'm excited because I feel like we haven't actually really been able to have a conversation about this. Funnily enough. Yeah, it's right. The time has come. And I think that these past couple of years with our various hair experiments <laughs> has given us enough stuff <laughs> to talk about for more than the duration of this episode, but we're gonna try and get as much as we can.
1: Let's get into it. <laughs>
0: So we all have very awkward moments with our hair. You want to tell me a story, Hannah, about an awkward hair moment?
1: Sure. So I was trying to think beyond like, you know, the normal, I dropped my braid and all the white kids saw it, you know, because I'm sure all of us have that story. I definitely do. But so I just remember one time when I was living in Miami, still trying to make friends, I ended up at this girl's apartment and she was, for context, she's a white girl from like Texas or something. So probably doesn't know much about black hair. And we were kind of like acquaintances at that point. She, it was like me, her, and then like a bunch of like random girls that she met on Bumble BFF. <laughs> so like this whole setting is just strange. And they were all girls, just like her, like kind of to girls. So yeah, basically I'm sticking out like a sore thumb, whatever, but just rolling with the punches. And I was wearing this like new wig that I actually really love. It's this wavy unit with like a bang. So you don't really have to do your edges. And I'm like all for that, but it happened to be like a very windy day. <laughs> so we exit her apartment and we're running to the bar or wherever the heck we were going. And all of a sudden this big gust of wind just comes out of nowhere. This, you know, Miami monsoon season. And we're all like running, running, running through the night with the wind blowing. And I'm literally just like holding onto my hair. Like, like it's a hat (laughs) straight up my bangs, my side. I'm just like, this will say in like, no, thank you. Not today. (laughs) Literally clutching my like, whatever they call it, like the sideburn area, just clutching it. So it does not fall off. And I was just praying that these girls were not looking at me like, what is she doing? Cause that's just not a normal way to like, you know, protect yourself from the wind. And this is before I really knew how to wear a wig. I just kind of like plopped it on, put some pins in it, prayed to the Lord. Um, (laughs) It was before I knew about like, you know, the band and like all of that. So yeah, that's my awkward hair story.
0: Wow, it's just funny because like this wind didn't get in the way of anything else. You were just clutching on to your to nah, your wig. So my, man. my
1: my bag could have blown away. My money could have blown away, but I was like, not that wig, not, not this that wig, wig girl.
0: <laughs> Still have Any it too. Bees <laughs> like that. Come
1: on, girl. You hold on tight. <laughs> hold on tight.
0: <laughs> well, I also have <laughs> an interesting story about a wig. Um. I like to title this story wiggies day locks on thursday okay okay <laughs> and i'm gonna get into it so like when our semester started again in january i was just like tired of having my hair out you know i'm lazy i'm not like Hannah. this girl got every product in her whole room i just I was, i'm not the one okay so i went to a hair salon and when I had scheduled the appointment she had a thing called protective style prep so in my mind I'm thinking like you're gonna wash my hair you know trim it cornrow it because like what else does one do in preparation for a protective style it just made sense so I go and then I was like oh I have my wig I had this wig I've had this wig for literally three years Hannah has seen this wig It used to be long now it's short and I was just like I'm not throwing it out like I paid bread you know like buku money for it so it needs to be on my head at some point so I pack this wig into this little plastic bag and I get to the salon and she's like yeah what are you planning on doing like with your hair after I'm done doing it mind you the protective style prep was like literally just her washing your hair and like preparing it for braids like she would do a blowout and I was like girl I need the cornrows like I don't have time so she did that and she's like so why are you getting your hair cornrows and then I pulled the wig out the bag and she's like okay, and she (laughs) fixes it up for me, makes it look, like, even better than how it did, and so I get to school on Monday, I get on Zoom, the whole week, I'm, like, wearing this little cute little bob, living my best life, you know, people are, like, what the hell is going on, like, this girl literally just had braids, like, this girl changes her hair so much, but naturally, these people are not about to say nothing to me, right, and then on Thursday, I was, like, nah, like, I want crochet locks. So like after class, I had gone to the beach store, bought two bags of boho locks and put them in my hair. And then I had to go to school that Friday. So I get to school, rocking these locks, looking all cute, walking in the hallway. And this boy stops me. He's like, Bianca, didn't you have a bob on Tuesday? <laughs> just like, I did. I did. And at that oh point God. I was like, legit and at that point I was like I could either like complain about this or like roll my eyes or be annoyed or could just like own it and I'm like yeah like I just like to keep things fresh I like to be versatile he's like oh okay and that's my business so that's really the the long and short of locks wig on Tuesday locks on Thursday here we are
1: love it love it just own it girl like that's what it is that's literally what black girl magic is all about so So black hair, one of my favorite subjects. I guess to start, we can kind of just like do a softball and talk about protective styles and trends that we've seen. We're going to talk a little bit about our own stories in terms of like our hair journeys a little bit later. But, you know, as African girls, like from the jump, braiding has been part of our lives from literally, you know, childhood Like, I remember, you know, my first time getting hair extensions, I was definitely in kindergarten. A hundred percent in kindergarten. I remember getting these, like, really nice, big, long braids. And they were so cute. But, like, no one really had them back then. No one really knew anything about hair braiding. And and now, all of a sudden, you see every Black girl knows, you know, where to get Senegalese twists or, like, box braids or whatever. And... Not only is like our styles, you know, protective styles becoming more popular, but the beauty supply stores are are getting with it. Like back in the day, it was so hard to find, like when crocheting, you know, crochet hair started to become a thing. No beauty supply store had any of that. You had to kind of just DIY everything. But <clears throat> you go to the beauty supply store, you can find pre-stretched hair. You can find, you know, crochet hair. But I guess to back it up a little bit, you know, the whole concept of protective styling is really, you know, because women who at least wear their hair natural, like care a lot about keeping it strong and healthy. And so, you know, in winter months or just like whenever you just really want to break, it's nice to have the option to put your hair in braids, to wear a a wig or
0: a weave and just like give your hair a break because we all want that growth. And just like being able to be versatile, I think that I didn't understand the necessity of that or the benefit of that when I was growing up. Funny enough, Hannah, you were saying that you got your first set of braids when you were in kindergarten. But interestingly enough, my mom was wasn't about that life. She was very adamant about me just like doing my little bobos and keeping it pushing. And then at some point, um, I started going to the Dominicans, and so I wasn't really into braiding my hair until. So probably college like my mom was just like not and she's like you, she had her argument was like you have hair in your head just take care of it I'll give you your $15 go get your washing set every two weeks and so that's really what I did I was big on my doobie wrap and if y'all know what I'm talking about you know what I'm talking about with the extra pins okay or no running because you don't want to sweat out your washing set all of these oppressive things but anyways so yeah braids coming into my life were a lifesaver because when you get to college, like who has time who has access to somebody who can do your hair? So I remember like, I was like, no, I'm putting my foot down. I'm getting my hair braided. And it was one of the greatest things ever. And now with the advent of like YouTube and YouTube stylists and things of that sort, like we can all do our hair on our own, you know, especially now that braids have become hella expensive. And that's annoying. I've heard of someone paying like $300 for their braids. And I was like, yeah, no. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching TikTok, tic TikTok. <laughs> advertise, advertise well, okay. I was watching TikTok as I do nowadays, like all the freaking time, and someone was like, you know, like, is it just me or are these new styles lasting short, like shorter amount of time, but getting more expensive? And I'm like, girl, yes yes and this is why i I don't pay anyone to do
0: my hair besides people in africa (laughs) and it's funny because when we go to any country in africa it's like i can get my hair done for like ten dollars it's neat and it lasts literally from kingdom come and it's just like Mm. glorious but not in america and honestly the thing is though as much as i complain about the prices of braids and other protective styles i'm like I'm happy that people's crafts are also being like recognized as something that can be profitable and not just like, oh, my cousin knows how to braid. You know what I mean? Because for so long, like people weren't giving respect to the braid girl, you know, in the same way we give, you know, respect to the the girl at the blow dry bar, you know, like in the same way that we give respect to people who dye hair. And so I think like, yeah, it's expensive. I'm personally privileged because I know how to do my own hair. Or if I'm lazy, I can get somebody who will do it for me for $60. But like, I also understand why people are doing the most. I don't agree with it, but that's also their income. So go off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because you still have like the traditional, you know, woman from a who do traditional box braids, not even box braids, just like braids, you know, out on Harlem. And I'm wondering if they're also able to increase their prices nowadays.
0: They are. Right. right i haven't been there <laughs> but it's like it's it's also just like they're following the market and they recognize like that people want it right like mm-hmm. people want goddess braids people want this people want that and it's like i'm not about to stand here for 10 hours you know what i mm-hmm. mean and charge you a hundred dollars like things cost money i understand it
1: um, yeah no <laughs> i agree like they stand up forever and like you know his head greasy yeah no I mean they they deserve whatever money I guess they charge but back in the day as a struggling student that was tough I mean what I'm still a struggling student
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean for me like I'm I love protective styles and I love when people have beautiful braids or crochet and I love that it's like becoming a look that you can have and be glam you know like it's not just like chilling or like a vacation or whatever it's like you can have long beautiful braids and have a glam look I think that's great because that's an inherently black beauty trope like it has no roots in European culture Uh, I really appreciate that I
0: agree I love like we look we watch these like award shows and like some beautiful black actress has these like waist-length braids and a pop-in mm. outfit on and they're just like yes like i'm i'm here for this you know um, yes it's like Ray. i can do that you know yes deny Guerrera, like everybody like just like killing it with your own nickel on, you know what i mean mm-hmm. So it's, it's a nice transition and i think that you raise a really good point i was talking to my sister and my niece my niece is like 15 and my sister's much older and she, my niece has natural hair and loves it. And does such a great job with it. My sister made a really good point. She's a nurse and she was saying how when she was like up and coming in her career, like people would, black women would literally lose their job if their hair wasn't like quote unquote presentable, you know, like that was a cause for people to not be able to go to work. And now when she goes to work, like these nurses and other medical professionals have their hair and they have their natural hair out, have their braids out and things of that sort. And she's like, it's such an interesting transition for me because I never thought that I would see that day come. And so she's like, you know, almost 20 years older than me. So to talk about people who are 20 years older than us and look, at, and look at us, like I would never be afraid about going to work with my natural hair, right? But these things also still are perpetuated in certain circles, you know, people don't go to interviews with their natural hair as often and things of that sort.
1: Yeah, seriously. I mean, I was on a, a Zoom call a couple months ago and someone was saying how like she, like this, well, 20 to 2020, she didn't feel comfortable going to interviews with braids. And I was shocked because she like, instead of braids, she chose to wear like a twist out. And I was really surprised because I was like, in this 2020, and to me, I'm wondering if that's just something like she heard growing up, and she still carried with her, because that's not something I have. I guess to a degree, I have kind of heard that like, I remember last year when I started recruiting for internships in business school. It's like, you know, recruiting season, you're recruiting, you're doing for these roles for months. And I had braids for the beginning of the quarter. And then I guess right when recruiting season started, it just so happened I took my braids out and I started wearing my hair in like a slick bun to, to class, but it wasn't like intentional or related. And then this guy um, that I sat next to in class every day, he's like, "Oh, like you changed your hair for recruiting season," like implying that my old hairstyle wasn't professional. So yeah, I mean, I guess I want to believe that like braids and afros are like presentable or acceptable, but I think we still we still run into issues. And like honestly, I you know when I think about like how I've entered workplaces, I never show my like the full glory of my hair until months in I have a a literal principle that I would choose a single hairstyle and wear that every single day to work for the first like at least the first month and like probably the first like two months because I know that I love to change my hair up a lot and I know it gets a lot of attention but I don't want people to give me attention for my hair I want attention for my work so that's just that's my personal method I'm curious like how other people deal with it or if I'm being too like thinking about it too hard but I guess from what I've seen like I don't know if this just works for me
0: how interesting it's funny so I don't think I've ever really thought about it like I just and I also don't braid my hair as often and change up my hair as much as you do like I'm not like the wig thing is like not for me I'm just lazy like people like you have to do a lot to make a wig look good and I'm just not that person. So like that's not something I've been into. And then I'm cheap, and so like the wig thing isn't a thing for me. I mean the braid thing isn't a thing for me either. But like I've always been. Pr- you know, it's like if you're my friend, you know I love me some cornrows, okay? I love some cornrows, and I'll. I think like even when I was working, I had no problem like going to work with my cornrows, you know? And I would get compliments. But I just felt like that's not detracting from my work. Like that shouldn't be a reason why, you're even like that it has nothing to do with anything and so it's something that I never considered and now in school I'm like okay I only have a short amount of time to like really do whatever I want and so like now I'm just like let me just do the most with my hair because like I think once I'm actually a physician unfortunately there are a lot of biases and things of that sort that just like run rampant and so I know I'm gonna have to hopefully not but I probably will have to do the slick back bun do the modest you know calm twist out and things of that sort and so at this point I'm just like you're gonna get a, this wig you're gonna get this these two little buns you're gonna get what I'm giving you and you're gonna call it a day but yeah it's very interesting I never even thought about that
1: for sure it's like it's it's frustrating because it's not something anyone else thinks about don't have you bring it up and they're like oh I never thought about that but it's like oh I think about this literally every day <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. they say some people say perception is reality and like you know I'm in all these classes where we're learning about leadership and blah 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 and so much of it of it is about perception and navigating like people's like biases that they have about you and like whether we like it or not or no matter how much we will it, like there's a lot of bias when it comes to hairstyles. even if you think about, you know, hairstyles that white women with straight hair have like a ponytail versus hair down versus pigtails versus teased there's different associations with those styles and so in the workplace I think we have to really strive to to make it so that our hair our natural normal hairstyles are
0: normalized as well I think it just comes down to Having more women being brave enough, you know, to put it out there. Cause so I think we always say representation matters, but it does. Like if all the black women at a certain job have their natural hair out or whatever their hair looks like, right? If you have a diversity of hairstyles, then there can't be a policy, you know what I mean, written about how black women can't have cornrows, which is like so stupid. Which is a thing that the whole, you know, army had for years. Like black women couldn't have weaves, they couldn't have cornrows, and I'm like, I'm about, to, I'm digging in the ground, I'm fighting for this country. You can't you tell me I can't have cornrows, you know what I mean? But that's because the people at the top didn't look like these black women. And so mm-hmm. it's easy for them to make these claims which have no bearing on their productivity. But yeah, I think ultimately that, representation. That
1: military thing, what that like having your hair in cornrows is probably the most like efficient hairstyle <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's tucked away, you don't have to think about it, like These people, what in the world? And I think about those poor children that go to schools where they're not allowed to have braids or whatever, you know, any hairstyle that is black besides perming your hair and like ruining your hair follicles and burning your scalp off. Like the the point where it's like, not just, you know, societal, whatever, it's literally ingrained in the school's rules. Like how messed up is that?
0: But, like, who signed off on this? And, like, why is this being perpetuated is the question. I dare somebody to, you know, like, i send my child to school with a cute little hairstyle and, you know, the audacity to send her home. Send her home? I'm coming back. What are you talking? It's, what? Uh Yeah. It's horrible. Oh, it's terrible. It's really and it horrible. gets into the psyche of these children, you know? Yeah. And they start to think that their hair is ugly. Yeah. And,
1: like, You know, even if it's like, oh, but she had, like, beads in her hair, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, that's part of our culture, you know? That's part of Black culture. That's part of self-expression. It's not distracting anyone. Like, I don't know. Just, like, we need to... I think for me, it's just really frustrating that, like, our norms are just so Eurocentric. And there's no room there feels like there's no room for like anyone else to be who they are you know and, and it, that's hair as well
0: well I think like that's the goal right that's the point <laughs> you know which is mm-hmm. unfortunate but like I think that whomever we know who these people are who, who put these things in place like that was their intention and it's working. And so ultimately I think it's just a matter of like revolting and there are consequences and there are challenges that come with that. But I don't think that there's any place at least in the United States and the Western world mostly in the United States. I feel like other places are doing it a little bit better but you, you know like people don't want black people to feel free and feel comfortable in anything that they do and hair being included. Right. But at some at some point you're like, you know what, if y'all don't like me anyways, I might as well, you know, do what I have to do. I don't know if you heard the story about the doctor. He's a surgeon who had, you probably heard this, who patient went under one surgery and her braids had to get like taken out for the surgery And so at the end of the procedure, she woke up and her braids were redone. Yeah. And it was a doctor who did it because he's like, I have daughters at home.
1: What? Yep. 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 Oh, snap. That's
0: Mm -hmm. so sweet. I was so scared it was going to go take another turn. (laughs) But it's funny because. And I bring that up to show another example of where it could actually go wrong because I was reading this post written by a black psychiatrist, and she said that like there was a her fellow psychiatrist was seeing a patient. This the psychiatrist was white, and the patient was black. And if you're a black woman, everybody knows the tap, okay? When you have your scarf on or you have your brazen for too Mm, long, things start mm -hmm, getting itchy, mm -hmm. okay? And so you're tapping and it's a completely subconscious process, okay? You don't even realize you're doing it. You can do it while you're cooking. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're, you know, mowing the lawn. It's a thing that we do. And so when the white psychiatrist got into the little huddle with other psychiatrists, she was like, yeah, I think she has and x psychiatric disorder and then the thank god for the black psychiatrist she's like what makes you think that and she's like yeah she was really patting her head and the black doctor was like girl her scalp is itchy like this is a thing that i do you're gonna put me you're gonna give me a diagnosis and so like you know like these are the the perils right and the dangers Mm -hmm. of not having people who get it Mm -hmm. another thing i (laughs) wanted to talk about was good hair versus
1: bad hair And I think this is definitely something we could talk about for, you know, we could do a whole series on, but we can touch on it here, maybe go deeper in another episode. You know, of course, there was that documentary, I guess you want to call it, called Good Hair a couple years back. And, you know, I think growing up, definitely, I felt like there was this concept of good hair, like just growing up around like. Other black kids and, and like Dominican kids and Puerto Rican kids people from across the diaspora with many different curl textures it was very clear what was deemed good hair like whose edges laid the nicest and all of that jazz but I definitely think it still is still major today you have the natural hair movement which is beautiful but there's definitely a preference and a prejudice um, against folks with tighter coils, not just curls, but like coils and a preference for people with looser hair textures, more like slick and sleek hair that feels so reminiscent of those days when you just wanted to look
0: like Becky, (laughs) you know? I definitely agree. I mean, growing up, like seeing the Dominicans and the Puerto Ricans and the Black girls, and there was always a point, I don't know if this ever happened to you in public school, when like some black girl with really beautiful hair or some some girl with really beautiful hair be like, yeah, like I'm part Indian, Native American. But they'd be like, yeah, I'm Cherokee I'm like one foot mm-hmm. Cherokee It's like, girl, no, you're not. But like in your minds, like you you believe this, this idea that like just being who you are and not being mixed with anyone is it's not possible for you to have really beautiful hair, right? It was a very interesting c- thing because I was like, dang, like can I be mixed with something? Like, let me get a little bit of turkey in this gunion blood. Yeah, shoot, up? let's keep- that up in there. Shoot. Please. I'll take it. <laughs> please. But it, it gets in your mind. And I think that mm-hmm. and while people aren't claiming to be this or that anymore, you see it now with different curl patterns, right? Like mm-hmm. some people are, you know, to be and it's like, okay, their curls like don't they don't they're not as tight and they hang and they're able to like legit do a legit wash and go and leave their house versus Mm -hmm. some of us who have to take our time you know and we have a little bit more of a defined pattern and it's really interesting to see how and even in terms of length like you see people complain about length all the time and it's really interesting to see how like that has also be caused like a schism within this community Mm -hmm. as you were saying yes And edges, girl. Edges are a thing. Edges, a whole nother story. I I would
1: love to hear people's thoughts on the state of Black hair today and what people deem as good hair. Like, do you think it's gotten better over time or stay the same? Yeah, I would love some thoughts on that because I'm on... TikTok all the time now. And I, I think the TikTok content can, can be uplifting because people really do call out, you know, some of these tropes, but I think YouTube is still very much full of that ideal. And, you know, I mean, I, I still sometimes fall prey, pray to it and fall into it. Like I'm still out here looking for the magic product. That'll give me a great wash and go because I like the look. Right. And it's just, it's, it's a nice look, but I'm, personally trying to work on also being like very comfortable and happy with my hair when it looks like this which is like completely undefined and just like big and I know that like our sisters with 4C hair definitely struggle because there's no like in between with 4C hair it's like you have what you have and it's very unique and I personally think like I think it's really beautiful because you can do so many things with 4C hair that like no other hair texture could even try to do but it is hard. And like some women are like, bro, I can't, I don't have the time to spend on doing my hair. Like, I don't wanna be looking on YouTube for videos on like what product works when all the videos talk about products that are literally not meant for me. That's another thing. Then they go and turn to things like the Gina curl. So <laughs> the other day I was on TikTok again, and I saw this influencer talk about how she went from 4c to 3c and i'm like excuse me what so i look at her video and she went to some salon that like has this new quote-unquote new procedure and essentially it's basically like those curly perms that like white woman and asian woman get that it's like some chemical that you put like perm rods in and you go under the thing and all of a sudden you have like curls so i'm sure there's more to the technique than that but basically this woman straight up went from like essentially 4c to 3c hair and so just food for thought I posed a question to my girlfriends Bianca included and I'm like would y'all ever do this and everyone's like no never blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> but yeah what's your take B? Well you know I stand by my position I'm just like again maybe I'm not like the best person but I think honestly I'd be interested to see which one of our, you know, our awkward turtles can resonate with me being a, a lazy natural. Like I am, I don't have time to do no Gina curl, you know, no Martin curl, no type of curl, like, you know, no Jerry curl. I'm all set <laughs> personally. And these things take time. You just don't know how it's going to look. Like, let me just deal with my hair. Her, that That is, I'm of that persuasion, but go ahead. I think it's like, if that's something that you feel like is going to make you happy, like do it in the same vein that there are women who are straight naturals, right? Like they consistently Mm. get their hair pressed or hair straightened and they don't relax their hair. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm not about to knock you for that. You know, like it's, it's something that makes sense for you. Like I, I love me a blowout. Let me tell you. I love me a soak press. Okay. For those two weeks, I am <laughs> Bianca. Okay. You know, I'm that girl. And so like, I, I'm not here to knock you, Hannah, since you want to get your jean across me, sofa. girls, please don't, don't throw that you at me. Okay. I thought that let was let me just tell y'all. Let me just tell y'all, this girl texted our group chat, fiending, trying to get people to join her on this journey of Gina Curl. And we were all like, never never." us? We would never. Not drag my name in the mud. As I said, do do as you please. Okay, it is your money. It is your time. So if you want to be Gina, go ahead, girl. Okay, whatever.
1: Anyway, I am interested in trying to see like I don't know where this trend goes if it becomes a trend like right now it doesn't look like people know about it and I'm grateful because I'm a huge proponent of just like really exploring your own hair texture and whatever its capabilities are I think like there's just so much internalized like self-hatred that women in general have to go through and it's it's hard enough you know so I think like yes like perhaps a Gina girl can make someone's hair like styling process easier but I just I don't know I think emotionally there's just a lot going on there beyond but I, I definitely encourage people to push back and like share your experience if you if you've done it or if you are considering it my one thing that I said to the girls was like you know if it's like if it helps me be able to do like an actual like straight up wash my hair and go and I have curls And like, if I'm at a point where I'm like, let's say I'm a mother and I'm like a CMO or something, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. speaking Mm -hmm. it to existence. And I don't feel like wearing a wig or a weave because let's talk about it. If you throw a wig on your head with that same hair texture, how's, you know, same thing, same thing. If you're always wearing that wig 24 seven to me, that feels pretty much the same. If I could do that without having to slap a wig on and I have like a baby attached to my hip, like maybe I'd consider it. Right now i'm still a majority of self-love like i still need to like figure out how to love my love on my own hair
0: yeah like i said i'm never gonna shy away from people make doing things that make sense i think the older i get the busier i get and like the more i'm like i'm about to lock my hair <laughs> like I, you know and i think that locks have been a style that i think Historically, have had the most resistance in terms of natural hairstyles. You know, like you talk to a lot of African people, and they're like, "Oh, you know, this is this is not good. Only people who do this, only people who do that, have dreadlocks." And now I'm just like, that is such an unfounded statement. Yes, like maybe people that you have seen have lived a certain lifestyle, but like that doesn't mean that everybody who has locked their hair is now problematic mm. and mm-hmm. so Hannah knows I've been talking about getting locks for a really long time but and one day I will you know just like she'll get her Gina girl y'all know like I literally play games all the time but one day I will the hope is to get it like soon but even in medical school I'm like oh should I get this like I don't want people judging me so it's just like a, a mental process and I think that like it speaks to the fact that like black women, when they make a hair decision, they have to go through so much on their own, in their own minds, like mm-hmm. to make a decision to do something like, don't stress me out as an external person about what I'm doing with my hair. I've already thought about this processed processes and looked at all the Pinterest boards, looked at all the YouTube videos, looked at all the different things. Like, let me just make my decision and fall back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel you. Like I personally like have, eh, I
1: haven't really thought about locks seriously but lately I've been getting content on social media about like sister locks and I know that's something you've considered and they're so cute so who knows one day it's an, similar to the Gina curl <laughs> it makes my life easier when I have a baby attached to my hip and an executive title like shoot I'll consider it but yeah I mean right now like I said I'm kind of just in that place where I'm looking for products that work for my hair really trying to understand it I'm on a growth journey this year actually so if y'all want to hold me accountable please do but yeah it's 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 exciting it's it's scary to like you know have the courage to wear an afro I've been playing around with that too and just you know show myself love even if I know that I won't always be accepted with my you know natural tresses. So there's a lot out there about natural hair, but I felt like we would be remiss to not talk about our homegirl Tessica Brown. So I don't even know if Tessica is a natural, but we're talking about black hair in general. So this, this counts. So if you haven't already heard, Tessica Brown is a woman who used gorilla glue on her hair to quote unquote, slick down her flyaways when she ran out of got to be glued. First of all, got to be glued is already, I think a little too harsh of a product, but then, you know, to then go and use like an industrial adhesive that was kind of extreme. So essentially what happened was she got her desired look. She has had a very, very slick down laid ponytail with a thick braid. It was a cute look. She was looking Mm -hmm. good. However, she was looking the same way for a full month, a full month.
0: No, she had ways, walked, though.
1: no, zero flyaways. Um, it literally looked painted on. And when I first saw it, I'm like, this has to be, you know, a prank or like some sort of trick, but it's real. So basically what happens is, you know, she was going to run into issues, you know, your hair grows naturally. So she would have had like ingrowns and like irritation and like probably lots of problems. So after she went viral... A doctor in Beverly Hills named Michael Obang heard about her story, offered to fly her out and fix her hair for free. So that's her story. I feel like, B, you should probably go more into like the medical details. But one tidbit that I think was interesting that is like so wild and so, you know, wow, what a capitalist society we freaking live in. But apparently, gorilla. Glue's stock, not stock, but their search volume in Amazon jumped by over 4,000%. It's now bestseller. Its bestseller rank spiked by 129%. So, like, that's America for you.
0: We profit over people's demise, essentially. But you know, it's like the I don't have any medical perspective on this. I'm not a dermatologist. I'm not a (laughs) surgeon. So, I will not lie to y'all but i think from a social perspective it's really interesting how like even this idea of like slick back buns is a thing that people like will go to great mm-hmm. lengths clearly to achieve right and i think like on twitter it was a whole back and forth people being like oh she's lying like she's trying to get famous blah 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 or like does she hate herself blah 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 and i'm like i don't think this lady hates herself i think in her mind she because you know there's also gorilla snot right whatever that stuff is also called and that's actually that's for true him. that's true yeah but- so I don't think that she thought that's what it was. But in her mind, she probably was like, oh, this is probably gonna not, not going to do anything to me, right? Like, you might, it might be, like, very slick back. But that's the goal that I'm looking for anyways. And so, like, I, I have sympathy for her because I think we've, al- we've all done things with our hair, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, if we thought about it a little bit longer, we might not have done. And so yeah. like, I don't fault her. And I feel bad that she felt the need to, like, do the most, right? Like, why mm-hmm. wasn't water or whatever she had in her own? Um, at her disposal enough that she felt like the yeah. gorilla glue on her head, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it raises a, a lot of questions about like self-worth, it raises a lot of questions about perceptions of people, because you're right, her, that slick bun was looking right, okay? Mm-hmm. And that connecal ombre was looking mm-hmm. cute, okay? Cute. Right, and so when she started trying to put like conditioner on, conditioner on it and it was going nowhere, like my heart broke for her because, you know, we mm-hmm. take a lot of time to do our hair, and so for that to just be like, okay, I'm stuck, that wasn't, I felt terrible. It, it definitely, yeah, it definitely raises
1: some more questions and it's not just like, LOL, she, you know, she should have read the label. It's,
0: it's so much, it's more than that, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm happy Tessica Brown. I, y'all should watch a little clip. It's like all over Twitter and like the internet of Dr. Obing like doing it for her and her just being happy and I'm like, girl, you know what? I'm so happy for you. Like, I'm happy mm-hmm. you have your hair. And also, I just want to comment on the fact that, like, for a minute, for, like, two weeks of the saga, people are like, yeah, like, all these doctors, not that doc- I'm not putting them in quotes, but, like, low-key, like, you need a doctor who knows black hair. You need a doctor mm-hmm. who knows black skin. Because all these doctors are like, yeah, she's going to have to shave it off. Like, blah, blah, blah. Her hair is destroyed. And this man literally mixed aloe vera and some other, like, you know, acetone breakers, And Mm -hmm. was able to get this lady's hair back. And like, how many times do we like, you know, do black women go to the doctor with like, you know, balding and alopecia and, you know, scalp burns and all these different Mm -hmm. things and people dismiss them because they're not aware of the various challenges or various experiences of black women or tell black women, oh, just stop doing grades stop getting Mm -hmm. weeds, stop doing this but yeah i think it's the way that we talk to black women that make us and black people in general that make us reluctant to even seek medical help so i'm proud of her honestly
1: i i agree like ugh, it's it's frustrating that like our uniqueness is first of all misunderstood and then second of all undervalued like black our hair is so important to us so like please prioritize that you know like Thank God for that, doctor.
0: Yep, legit. And I hope there are other doctors who are on the way um, Mm -hmm. to to doing that work. I didn't really find much on Twitter this week, but I found a tweet by a fellow Black Med Twitterer who's popping and African and really great. but. Her tweet said, I can't believe some people my age have entire careers and lives. And I wake up every morning and put on my little backpack, make my little lunchbox and go to school. And <laughs> it got a lot of likes and a lot of retweets because I think my my ripe age of 26 and a half years old, it just yeah, well dang, almost a mm-hmm. half years old. It's something you think about like, yeah, I like wear a backpack and I carry a lunch bag and I have lunch at noon and, and mm-hmm. you know it's like some of my friends are married some of my friends have children some of my friends have like full-on careers that are almost five years in you know and so mm-hmm. it was it's a, it was it was a you know a feeling that was resonating a lot with us and then also on black med twitter if some folks who are not in black men's twitter have heard about this but most recently two really amazing Black female physicians have been fired from their jobs at like major institutions. One was fired after she was told to talk about disparities in health and race and things of that sort. And then after telling the truth and nothing but the truth was fired. So that's Dr. Aisha Corey, um, who previously worked at Kaiser Permanente. So that's a thing. And then Dr. Princess Dinar, who used to be the, so, the program director of pediatrics and med at Tulane Medical School, was also fired from her job because, mm. and it, quote, the program, the, her I guess whoever was in charge of her said that they didn't think they were going to get as many white residents if there was a Black program director. This is all happening on Black History Month? Mm-mm.
1: Girl, that is wild care.
0: that quote that quote are you serious There's in this quote, 2021 like, in this 2021 and so it's become you know it, it i use sometimes and i think that like you know we have this podcast and we're very light and all that stuff but these are very real things that people experience and it's like we're working so hard and there are moments where you're like wait why am i working so hard for what right for people to treat me mm. less than now you know for me to li- literally feel like i'm still living a three-fifths compromise, in 2021 Mm. so yeah putting on my backpack eating my lunch at noon and just trying not to be discriminated against but this is the world we live in
1: all right glow up award time so it's been a minute since we've given out one of these so i'm pretty excited Today I want to give a globe award to my girl, Dasha Shaw. On the interweb, she goes by the hair doula. And I've been super impressed by the work that she's been doing in terms of educating people about their unique hair and their hair's potential. It's something that, you know, I care about and like strove to do back when I was doing my blog, Core Queen, but honestly, being a hair blogger is a lot of work. So kudos to her for, you know, making that happen. So she's been doing a series where she's been doing a a new video every single day, I think probably all month. And I've been learning a ton and I've spent a lot of time learning about my hair and I'm learning more. So kudos to you, Dasha. You are amazing. And hopefully
0: we can get you on the pod soon. Yay. So this episode has been pretty cool. I just find it hilarious that like we're finally talking about hair and I hope that this episode was hair heavy and we're even more excited to hear about your experiences and your perspectives and how your natural hair and your relationship with your hair has changed over the the past couple of years. So we look forward to hearing your comments, your thoughts, your concerns, resonating with us and yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's so much more that we could talk about in terms of black hair. So let us know what you want to dig into and we will do it. But thank y'all for listening. Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because again, that is super helpful to us, but more than anything, like we want to hear your thoughts and we really appreciate you listening. Love
0: y'all. Bye. Bye.